good morning. I just realized that I um, haven't even talked yet this morning, really. Uh, anyhow, this is Dale, and today we'll be discussing what to do if the scale isn't moving. It's a little after 4 a.m., so I have to talk uh, close to the microphone, so I'll sound a little bit different than normal. And I thought about this for uh, about five minutes uh, just now, about when I was losing, trying to lose weight in the past, what really um, made it start working for me because for a long time I, uh, I couldn't lose weight, I couldn't get any, nothing helped. And uh, I'll tell you all about that yeah, coming up right now. Um, but first, when I was first certified as a personal trainer, what they told us is uh, when you want to lose more weight, what you do is the, the first thing is you add in more exercise. So if a person's working out three hours a week, you add in um, another hour, make it four hours. And then uh, you do that until they stop losing weight. And then what you do is you cut their calories. And so you take another 500 calories um, out of their diet that week. And if they stick to their plan, then in seven weeks, they'll lose a pound. And then, you know, when they stop losing weight, you keep adding more exercise and uh, taking away more calories until all they do is exercise and then they don't even eat. And as you can see, this is a really destructive way to teach um, weight loss because it puts us in a mindset of, uh, you, I remember looking at my food and thinking, what can I take off my plate? And I just I had this mindset of just getting rid of things. And so this is gonna sound really um, weird, but the biggest thing that helped me to have more success with weight loss, like when, it, when I started to have good success, when I started was I'd look at my plate and I'd say, what can I add to give my body what it needs? So I would add like some more protein because you know I've done fitness for a long time and I need that and you might need it too. Uh, we all need different amounts. I try to eat about two pounds of meat a day, as odd as that might sound. Um, that works really well for me. I feel very good when I do that. Uh, another thing is to add more flavor. So um, I add a lot of uh, hot sauce sauces to my uh, foods and mustard spices and seasonings such as uh, onion powder uh, I add a lot of uh, hot pepper flakes and uh, Troy if you hear this the uh, hot peppers you sent me are awesome uh, his wife made these hot pepper flakes they're kind of like the hot pepper flakes you put on pizza but these are you know even better than those if you can believe it and then they're um, they're soaking in an oil and they're in a jar in my fridge. So you can't rub your eye after you touch the jar because you'll rub hot pepper in your eye. <laughs> but it's uh, amazing. I put it on almost all my meats. Uh, another thing we can add in is more greens. And I know that might sound weird, but eating like uh, spinach or lettuce is a pretty small request. I mean, it's, it's almost like eating crunchy air. As odd as that might sound, it's um, really healthy for us. And a lot of people can't lose belly fat until they add more greens to their diet. I couldn't. And that's actually one of the secrets of things that worked really well for me. Uh, so those are, those are really important ones for me. But I've also worked with clients for a long time. So I can tell you what's worked for other people as well. What a lot of people do when they start an eating plan is they start punching everything into an app. But the trouble is... Um, apps can often uh, do a really good job of estimating our calories but foods vary a lot 
So if you're only doing calories, it, it can become really stressful to punch it in exactly correctly. And then what happens is it, it causes you to be so stressed that you, um, you can actually gain weight. So I recommend that people never use apps unless they're trying to learn about the calorie content of food. And what I recommend people do instead is uh, to get hungry between meals and never eat unless they're hungry. And they're, they're letting their body, uh, their hormones, their, their uh, glands and their body to do the counting for them. Our body's designed to tell us how much food we need and when we drop the stress a little bit. And uh, we'll talk about that in the future when we talk about neurotransmitters and hormones weeks from now. I think about nine weeks from now, we'll talk about neurotransmitters and you'll see that like you can overcome stress eating just by dealing with those. It's awesome, but you'll have to wait or you can go to my website. I have some articles on that. It's awesome. Uh, so what we want to do is instead of that is we want to um, not eat between meals. So what people end up doing is uh, snacking on nuts. They'll grab like a handful of almonds and this is where calories do start to matter. Nuts are good for us. They increase a neurotransmitter called dopamine and they give us more motivation and ambition and drive. But what we would do is maybe have like eight almonds with breakfast or 10 walnuts with lunch, walnut halves. What we don't want to do is like snack on nuts between meals. If you eat a cup of nuts um, here, like throughout the day, you just add that in snacking. Um, not only is it going to be hundreds more calories, which will, which is a lot for a person who's trying to diet, um, but most importantly, actually way more importantly, is the effect it has on our hormones. It, it disrupts what's called leptin metabolism, um, and leptin is known as the master weight loss hormone. In scientific circles, leptin is known as the hormone that controls all weight loss in the body. And if you're just thinking about uh, the simplest way to manage leptin, what you would do is eat breakfast and then you literally don't eat anything until lunch. Now this confuses people. So let me just answer all your questions. You could have like black coffee or water or you know, stuff like that, but we wouldn't want a lot of stuff with calories and it just like a uh, water kind of stuff is good. And then you would eat lunch and then you would not eat until dinner. Kind of how people were raised in the, in the 70s and that helps normalize leptin metabolism people started snacking a lot more in the 80s and that's when weight gain started to really happen if you look at weight gain by year in america or go to google images and type obesity by year united states enter uh, you'll see that in the 80s it started to really climb and that's when we started to have the culture of uh, um, low fat eating and also um doing a lot of snacking so don't eat and that'll help you uh, get that boost you might be hungry and you might think wow i'm so hungry well just remember that um we should never eat unless we're hungry so if you're hungry you're burning fat and you're doing it right it doesn't mean we should starve ourselves but let's just be honest waiting one hour until lunch and then we eat is not starving so <laughs> you can do that you got this okay next um we're going to talk about sleep um in tomorrow's podcast so today I'm just going to mention that getting uh, good sleep at the right time can help significantly boost your weight loss, especially if you're a night owl. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. And I'll tell you how that affects your hormones. Um, so if you're the kind of person that says, well, I'm 
getting older or how do I speed up my fat burning metabolism? It feels like I just look at a cookie and I gain 10 pounds. Then it, you might be the kind of person that needs to think about these holistic things, including sleep. Um, next, consider the things we talked about yesterday. Yesterday I gave you five quick tips and here they are again. Number one, doing cardio first thing in the morning before you eat. That's called fasted cardio and that helps burn more fat. Number two, eating a low carb breakfast, um, such as having like a Canadian bacon and a couple nuts or some eggs. Two eggs is perfect for most people. Uh, more if you're a bigger person, especially if you're a bigger man. Uh, next, getting the carbohydrate timing correct. That's really important. Uh, I talked about different times to eat carbs, so check that out on yesterday's podcast. Uh, we talked about circuit training, and I do this with a lot of my clients, even if they're thinking, um, I'm too old to do that. Well, we can make a circuit that works for you, even if you have a titanium hip. I've done it many times. It works great. And then lastly, the holistic stuff we're going to talk about tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, coffee. So those are some um, some of the tips. Uh, next, this is going to be more mindset stuff. Um, and then we'll talk about calories. So here's the mindset stuff first. If you're trying to lose weight and the scale's not going down, sometimes what we need is a swift kick in the pants. Sometimes we need somebody behind us that's just that just yells at us, run, right? And sometimes what we need is motivation and success. I've worked with a lot of people who felt like they needed me to make them do exercise. But after a couple weeks, I found out different exercise exercises that they liked, actually, and some that they loved. And, and they always love the ones that they're naturally good at. And when you find the exercises you're naturally good at, you'll love it. Let me explain. If you go to high school, they'll tell you that fitness is doing pull-ups and running the mile. I've had a lot of people that were terrible at pull-ups and terrible at running the mile. And so they believed their whole life that they were bad at exercise. But I've had some clients that could, um, women that could deadlift 200 pounds. And you know, some of them were decent runners and stuff, but let's be honest, they're beasts in the gym. They loved exercise. They just didn't find out until they were 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And that's really unfair if you think about it, because what they really needed is success as something that they like, that they love, and that they're naturally good at. And instead, the world tried to tell them to become a runner. And uh, so they hated exercise. So once you have success, then you believe you can do it. And the quickest way to believe you can do something is to have success. Um, a lot of people, they, they accidentally mess this up by taking unnecessary risks. Like people will just sign up for a 5K because that's all they know how to do. And then they hurt their knee or their ankle. And then they say, well, you know, I'm not really an exercise person. But the reality is they might have a natural strength they've never tapped into. I've known a lot of people that were really strong in the upper body at lifting weights. I've known a lot of people that were really natural, um, uh, naturally flexible and great at yoga and ballet. And I've known people that were really good runners and they were terrible weightlifters, uh, terrible um, <laughs> at flexibility. And they were good at you know riding a street bike. 40 miles. So we don't want to take ridiculous risks. We want to find out what we're good at and then do that. And that's where you'll succeed for the rest of your life. And then when the going gets tough, you don't want to quit. 
because it's hard. You want to keep going because you love it. And I can tell you right now, every man, woman, and child on the earth is good at exercise in some way. And we're all good at it in different ways, and that's awesome. So remember, failure isn't weakness. It's the it's it's when we do something that's unknown to us and we make a mistake and we feel like we're a failure, but that's just in our head. That's just in our head. That's how we find out. That's how we learn. And uh, hiring me as a coach, I can tell you right now, my clients just about never fail. And uh, we actually have a negative injury rate. Um, people with injuries get healed and almost no one ever gets hurt. So um, there's that. Next, uh, going back to it, so succeed at something. Do the things we mentioned yesterday, the things I'll mention tomorrow. Uh, next, if you're, this is rare, but it happens. If you're the kind of person that cuts calories and counts calories and you don't want to give it up, you just, you just love punching calories in an app and weighing your bananas or whatever. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know, weighing your apples, then here's the advice for you. Uh, it's super simple. You want to zigzag your calorie intake. If you lower your calories and you keep them low every day and you actually are doing this honestly, then what will happen is your thyroid hormone will just slow down. Then you have to lower the calories more and more and more. And then your thyroid gets so slow that you look at a cookie and you gain 10 pounds, basically. It's not true, but that's how it feels. So what you do is you call it zigzag. I talked about it yesterday. And that's where you eat more calories than you need once or twice a week. And then you go back to eating less. And I've had a lot of clients that have dieted successfully um, the first week they did this. I, I remember one that had done this for six months straight of counting calories and didn't lose a pound. It worked in the past, but then it stopped working because her metabolism slowed down. So uh, she did the zigzag after reluctantly listening to me explain it to her over and over again. First time uh, she lost weight in uh, six months. So it can be that way with you. That means we overeat good food on those days. We don't eat 15 pizzas. We just eat extra calories of good foods. Okay, lastly, we want to have what's called a flexible mindset. What you want to do is put some mind food in your brain. You want to um, consume information and then listen to your heart. And when you hear something that's right, you'll love it and you'll do it. And you probably could feel right away that when you find exercise you love, you can do that for the rest of your life. And no matter how hard life gets, you'll have good success. So tomorrow we'll talk about uh, a bunch of holistic ways to lose weight. And specifically, it's about insulin sensitivity. But I'll tell you right now, I have more than 30 weeks of uh, scheduling if I post every day. So that's more than 30 holistic ways to lose weight. Tomorrow we'll do holistic ways to lose weight that'll increase your insulin sensitivity. This is great if you have diabetes, but it's also great if you wanna have sweet abs and you wanna burn belly fat. And then um, the day after that, we'll talk about what to do if you're a slow starter at weight loss. This is Dale. I'm an online weight loss coach, and I'm, uh, you can find me on my website, dalemaynerfitnesstraining.com, and I'm signing off, just reminding you that losing weight is easy and fun when you know how. <laughs>